All right, look like everything working. Got the mic plugged in. Got the motherfucking notes. Got some goofy ass shit to talk about. Shit, I guess the only thing we need now is the motherfucking theme music, nigga. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? I'm Brent, and this is the home video hustle where we hustle motherfucking hustle you know that by now and as you can tell it's just me here today pj still doing his thing and yeah a lot of people work during the day i'm one of the few that work at night i guess so it's hard to get cats now that brendan got a different job i can't just call him on the humdrum and be like yo you want to record some dumb shit so fuck it you just got me but it's all good because i still i made sure look 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 Motherfucker. <laughs> I know this is supposed to be a Patreon episode, but I don't want to do those without PJ. So put that on the back burner. Well, actually, I talked to P and we actually going to record. As I record this, it is Tuesday. He wants to record on Thursday. So the next episode should be me and PJ and it will be a Patreon movie. But for this episode, I was like, all right, last time I had Mike Brooklyn come on. We talked about snitching New York. I actually ended up liking that movie a lot and actually was fucking shocked that you guys actually, well, not all of y'all, I know not everybody did it, but there's a good chunk of y'all that actually went and watched that damn movie, and I think, I don't, I don't know if Dale told me a score, but I know for sure Dree told me she watched and gave it a three, so people more seem to be more on Mike's side, I guess I'm just crazy, I don't know, I just really, I think it's just one of those things, where it's like, I didn't went into it thinking it was going to be the worst shit, but it was just like, you know, I had Mike Brooklyn, and there's a movie called Snitch in New York, maybe that, you know, let's just do some dumb shit, and now... I come out of it, like, yeah, I like that movie. Fuck it. I don't care. It's, um, I mean, y'all, I don't know why I'm saying this. Like, y'all ain't even listen to this podcast for what? How many? This episode 144 for a lot of fucking episodes. But there are a lot of movies that are, like, the dumbest, worst shit, and I love them. There's one we haven't got to yet here on the podcast. It's a Master P movie called Black Superman. I know probably none of y'all have ever heard of this shit. I found it one day just at the video store and i saw the cover and i was like y'all need this in my life and i fucking love that movie that would probably be a nine out of ten movie at least you know the last time i watched it i've actually made pj watch it before so that would that would be just you know going back to some old shit for us like kind of how belly was but nah man we just snitching the ear just gave me that kind of vibe of you know black superman it's just you know the spirit of hey we got a camera and I got a little script written. Let's just go film some shit. That's how me, how we used to do it. Like, I got little videos. You've seen one on the page where we used to do just dumbass movies and shit. A little shorts or whatever the fuck you call them. So I understand. I, I feel it. I, that's what it is. Black History Month. The spirit of the black entrepreneurial filmmaker. So after all that, I just said, fuck it, man. You know what? That same DVD set that had Snitch in New York also had a movie called Pressure, which was also made by Junie Smith. Who made Snitch in New York wrote and directed that shit. And he wrote and directed this shit. And it also has fucking Jomo Kellerman. Who played the Snitch. He's in this movie too. There's actually going to be a lot of crossover. It's like a Kevin Smith Spike Lee movie up in this bitch. You're going to start seeing a lot of familiar faces. Now I usually give you all the information. You know we have fun games about the scores. And how much money it made. 
again, you see, the thing last time is that Snitch New York had everything missing but IMDb score. We had one here. We have nothing. This movie has nothing. And I've even got conflict and fucking dates. But then I actually sat through the whole movie. Like, I watched the end credits and everything. And there's a reason why. And I'll tell you later. But IMDb and everything said 2002. But then Rotten Tomatoes had a date of March 11, 2003. So I was like, wait, that's oddly specific. So maybe IMDb is fucking up. But I looked at the end of credits and it said 2002. So I'm like, oh, okay, fuck it. That's what we're going with 2002 then. So it came on 2002. Well, you're the fucking... Is this before or after Snitch in New York? When is Snitch in New York 03? No, it was 02. So damn, Junior was getting it in in 02. Probably why he got a bunch of same cats. He's like, yo, y'all, we done with this. You know, filming for like, what, I don't know, like maybe two weeks. Y'all want to go for another two weeks? I don't fucking know. But yeah, 2002, hour 27 minutes. And as I said, no IMDb score, no Rotten Tomato score, no Wikipedia page, no Letterbox page. This movie has nothing. Now, um, I actually went to, I was going to try to figure out how to fucking add these movies to Letterbox this and Snitch in New York. And I guess it's like, hey, you have to go on the movie database website and actually create an account and do all this other shit. And I was like, all right, fine. So I went to go do that for Snitch in New York. I was actually going to try and get this shit added to the uh, letterbox. I got there and it's like, hey, you know, there's already a listing for it on IMDb. So you have to do this other shit. So I was like, all right. And then I found that there is a page, a page, a page for Snitch in New York. And it said top contributor is motherfucking Dell on movies. So I was like, oh. Did Dale beat me to this shit? Is Dale actually trying to add Snitch in New York to Letterboxd? I thought that was going to be something. I, I was going to be like, hey, I'm going to do that. And nobody else will. Come to find out, motherfucking Dale beat me to the punch. So, I guess thank you, Dale. <laughs> Sneak peek behind the curtain a little bit. I actually tried to get Dale on this episode. I tried to get a couple people on this episode. But I know a lot of people work during the day. Like I said, as I was going to try and call the homie Mike back. For, but I'm like, shit, he worked during the day. Hit Brendan up. He's like, yo, I got to record the other podcast. Because Brendan has like 50 podcasts he makes. I got to do that today. And then, like, it's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, I tried to get Dree. She did watch Snitch in New York. I don't know. If you want to get your hustle on, send me an email. God damn it. Let me know. And so I can start getting motherfuckers on here. Because with PJ being busy with music, it's probably going to be a guest. Well, I don't know. Because he had two weeks to do his thing. And then he got to, you know, no, nah, I'm not going to tell his business on here. Just know that he might be gone in and out, you know, the podcast here for the next couple weeks or months. Maybe. I'm not sure, actually. I need to talk to this motherfucker. Communication is key, folks. But, nah, fuck it. It's just me. And I'm talking about pressure. See, the bad thing about this movie is, and I hate when movies do this, it has, it's called Pressure, a super generic title, of course. And I went to go put it in the things. You know, a lot of times if it has a similar name, I just put Pressure in the episode title and then the year. Well, come to find out, there's multiple fucking movies called Pressure that came out in 2002. So, uh-oh, what the fuck do I do? I say Pressure from 2002 and you let you motherfuckers figure it out. Well, of course, it's on video hustle, so you could probably look at the list of movies called Pressure and figure out which one we're talking about, because it has the glorious, like, late 90s, early 2000s Master P album cover looking box art, so you know, go down the list, that's the one that Brent and PJ probably are going to talk about, and <laughs> you'd be damn right. But, as we said before, it's also directed and written by Junie Smith, the director and writer of The Snitch in the New York. It's starring Jomo Kellerman. Okay, some of these... I know this next name I'm going to probably fuck up because I don't know how you pronounce it. He was actually in the last movie, but he wasn't a big enough character for me to have to say his name. So I got past it. But this time he's actually the main fucking character because the snitch is not. He's in the movie, 
but he's not. I think he's on the box art. He's actually the one in the front on the box art. Actually, not thinking about it. But he's not the main character, so fuck it. I just put him first because I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Snitch. He'd probably be pissed in real life. I'm like, hey, see him in person. Like, hey, you, hey, what's up, snitch? You snitch, right? And he'd probably get mad as fuck. But I don't know, would he? Because I'd be like, yo, you watch that shit? If it was me anyway, I don't know. I'm rambling. My bad. Jumbo Kelly. All right. Um, T-A-W-F-I-K. Tafik? Tawific? Oh, shit. Is that what it is? I'm just, hold on. T-A-W-F-I-Q. Tawific. Yo, if that's what that fucking means. <laughs> if that's what, how that's pronounced, that's actually kind of hard. It's kind of remind me, you know how they had the motherfucking license plates? They have, like, phrases or words or whatever, but you can tell somebody, like, took it, the one they wanted, so they have to add, like, instead of, oh, they add cues or some crazy shit, and you sitting there trying to figure out, like, the fuck does that say? Like, I saw one before that said old school, O-L-S-K-O-O-L, but instead of two O's, it was two Q's, so it's old school, cool, old school, cool. <laughs> I just, at that point, just why even bother? But, yeah, Tafik or Tawific, I don't know. Figure that out. Whichever one you prefer, that's the one that shall be for the day, folks. Then you got Kenya Woodruff, which was from, she was also in Snitch in New York. Uh, Count Stowell, O.L. Duke, Maurice Carlton, who also was in Snitch in New York. Charles Weldon and Bridget Kelso. There's a lot of characters in this movie, but those are, in my opinion, because again, the IMDb has names, but not the character names under it. So I had to wait to the end credits. And when I watched the end credits, that's when I start writing down names. I'm like, okay, that character, that character, that character. You know, you know what I'm saying? So all that out the way. Like I said, no fun and games today, unfortunately. Movie starts off immediately with a robbery. I think, well, actually, I take that back. First thing that really happens is you get the same kind of generic font text, like Times New Roman text or whatever the fuck it's called over the black background, you know, a Junie Smith film, pressure, all that good shit. And then immediately escalate immediately to Dennis office robbery. Now, the two main characters are named Bo and Mousy. And they stick up kids. What are stick up kids, you ask? Well, they go around sticking motherfuckers the fuck up. And what does that mean was, I'm robbing you, sir. Is what the fuck that means. You will put your hands up on the wall, face that bitch, and I will run your pockets. And you can go about the rest of your day. You have been stuck up, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good motherfucking day. That's what the fuck stick up kids are. And I also had to make a note because it's just like, a, it's like it starts immediately with stick up montage. For even though, well, no, I take that back. It's not actually a montage. I'm thinking ahead a little bit. He um sticks up the dentist's office. I think it's is it Bo? I think it's Bo that actually is doing this shit. It's terrific that's doing this shit. And um I made a note after that that he was on Hollis Ave, you know, uh run DMC shit. I was actually just watching there's this show called uh is it Songs That Shook America? Songs that shook the world, some shit like that. It was on AMC. Hip hop songs, I mean, that shook the world. And uh, one of the songs they had or talked about was Rock Box by Run DMC. And there's a shot where um DMC's back on Hollis Ave, you know, where he grew up and shit, and he's like freestyling and they do this big pan of all the buildings. And I swear that the shot in this movie is the exact same spot that the camera was at in that TV show because I'm not even from fucking Hollis and I'm like, yo, ain't that the fucking corner store? Like, I, I, I just saw that show. I watched the episode like a week or two ago. It's actually a good show. You guys should go watch it. I think it's only six episodes. Don't know if it's going to come back, but I like it. Of course, it's old hip-hop shit. Well, they even do new hip-hop shit. They ain't even just like, are oh, you old bastards in your old school hip-hop? Like, nah. I mean, the first episode was on Jesus Walks by Kanye West, which is it's not that new, I guess. It's old now. That shit is happening where people was clowning me in school, fucking with me all the time. Like, 
Oh, you only listen to old school music. What you gonna do when the stuff that comes out now is the old school music? And it's like, it's happening. Like, people are calling Jesus Walks by Kanye West old school hip-hop now. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. We need better classifications for this shit. What did KRS once say? And uh, still, I think it's I'm still number one on the By All Means Necessary album, the second Boogie Down Productions album. He said, uh, 20 years down the line, you can start this because we'll be the old school artists. And that's exactly what the fuck is happening. People are calling some of these cats old school dudes, and I'm just, it, I feel sick sometimes because it's just like, damn it, they were right. It ain't really, some of them are fine. Like, some of them I like, and they're, you know, old school, whatever. But it's just the fact that those little assholes in high school are right. That is really happening. And I'm just getting old as fuck. Fucking Mims can be considered old school hip-hop now. You know who Mims is? Anybody fuck remember Mims? M-I-M-S? Music is my savior? This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Do you remember that song? There's a bunch of songs, man. Me and PJ love talking about that era because we came up in school during the ringtone rap era. We had to go through all that bullshit, all those one-hit wonders that just made money off selling ringtones. And then the slight few that actually had a career and still going now somehow, even though they whack as fuck. I don't know, man. I still love, of course, like the bug PJ about his Lil Wayne. That motherfucker was like the biggest Lil Wayne fanboy and shit. I mean, y'all have heard them stories on the podcast, but it's just, it's always funny to me looking back on them old school days, man. But what was I even talking about? Fuck. Oh, Hollis, that's right. You can see how it is with that hip-hop shit. The homie that robbed the dentist's office is just going up the street, and um, some cats look like they about to hit him up with a drive-by, because, you know, my man's just hanging out the window, and I'm like, God damn, this is all escalating quick. We go from credits to motherfucking dentist office getting robbed, which is like the dentist office, though. Like, my nigga, most people got insurance and are, like, probably just paying co-pays or some shit. Like, I well, then again, I don't know. Could that be an ingenious thing to do? Because nobody's expecting to get robbed at the goddamn dentist office. Maybe that, I don't know. But then, I don't know, most people are paying with cars, but this is 2002, so maybe not. Maybe a motherfucker with, like, mad cavities and, like, teeth pulling shit having to happen. Might have just broke them off a stack. But then again, it looked like it was just like on the street, like just normal ass everyday dentist office. So maybe not. Maybe Junie Smith was just like, hey, they don't charge much for us to film there. So we'll just have them rob a dentist office. Possibly. Maybe. But he's getting fucking ran up on or not drove up on. And I'm thinking like, oh, this dude about to dock. And it's a white dude. So I'm like, oh, and he about to get drove by by the white cats in the hood. Oh, shit. But no. Find out that these are motherfucking cops. So they jumping out the car to jump out, boy. Literally, yeah, they jumping out the car. That's a phrase for the police if you don't know that. Jump out, boys. In the hood, where I come from, wherever. They call them jump out, boys, because they do shit like this. My man's going to be walking down the street like normal. Well, not, I mean, not like normal. He did just rob a dentist office, but you get what I'm saying, though. And them motherfuckers will just be rolling up on you. Skirt. Jump out the car, grab your ass. The jump out, boys. See, learn new. New Urban Dictionary shit for you. I don't even want should I look that up? No, I don't even look that up. Fuck y'all. I just told y'all what it meant. But then again, shit does change. Like, that could mean something very fucking different nowadays. You know what? Where my phone at? Fuck it. We're never going to get through this movie. I'm sorry. No, it means exactly what I thought it did. There we go. But I'll read you the actual definition. Here you go. Unmarked police rolling down the blade. Four or more of them in each single large tent uh, windowed SUV or van with no back windows. Now, granted, in this movie, it was just a regular ass little sedan or whatever the fuck. Waiting for a vice officer to confirm having positively identified a target, a prostitute, pimp, dealer, or someone with an outstanding warrant, 
or who was banned by the courts from the area for previous prostitution or drug activity, or after seeing such activity taking place or identifying a known suspect themselves as they go by, they roll up to the targets, quickly stop, and all jump out to arrest, search, question, or otherwise harass everyone involved. The jump out boys. There you go. You learned something new today. Cops have all kind of fun names in the hood, don't they, kid? <laughs> but he eventually gets caught in one of the goofiest ways I've seen in a while. He ends up running into a backyard, and there's this cat just kind of sitting there. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know if he's just like a lookout or something. I think he's sitting there just chilling. And my man tells him, like, yo, go in the back. I got you. So, like I said, I think this is Bo. So, Bo runs into the room. It is Bo. What am I talking about? I just remember now. And uh, he goes in there. He hurries up because he had on, like, a black hoodie, black sweatpants, and a black uh, ski, ski mask or some shit. Was it ski mask or just a... T- might just been that regular ass hat, but he takes all that shit off. Got on a whole different outfit underneath, and he fucking starts playing the. Is it what is he playing? He's playing like drums or still drums. He playing something. It's almost like he playing the rock band drum set or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know shit about me. I'm sorry, and about musical instruments, I should say. But he ends up still getting caught because the cops bust up in there and they're like, "Hey, hey, motherfucker, come with us." So, I mean, I guess it worked out kinda. Because he didn't look exactly the same. So they couldn't be like, yo, you was running up the street. I don't know. I, he All that shit just said he got caught at the end of the day. Oh, you know what? I think I fucked up. Because my next note, I just remember something. Give me a second. Rewind. Rewind. Or Karis one. Rewind. It's from Duck Down, if you didn't know. Um, He's running from the cops. He runs up to the dude. And this was actually a note I wrote down on this. There's not as many good lines, like quotables in this movie as there is a snitch in New York, but there are a couple of like funny lines and shit. Or not. Some lines are just normal lines, but they just say I'm so fucking goofy. Because my dude, he runs up to the man that's sitting down at the table. And he's like, yo, rock, I got to hide. And that's when he goes and hides him. And um, he goes in there and he starts playing drums or doing whatever. And the cops actually wait until night. They don't leave. I think they burst in there. And they start, you know, doing dumb shit, and then they leave. And so I guess they was like, nah, we're going to sit and watch this motherfucker. And so they sit out in the car, and they wait, and then it becomes nighttime. And that's when he comes out, and they see him, and they're like, that was that motherfucker. So the chase actually continues from that point on. And I made a note here, because I don't know all these character names, so some people just have traits as names in my notes. And there's a... There's the cops are the, throughout the whole movie, because there's a bunch of cops that come later, but the main three cops for now until we talk about the other two. It's an old black dude and an older, like, I don't know, but I guess they're older too. It's my base, fuck it. It's a black, older black dude, it's an older white dude with a slope, and it's a, another older white dude. And what I mean by older white dude with a slope is that my man got the Captain Picard slope, you know, ball spot or whatever. Learning all kind of new terminology today, folks. But nah, the black cop, he gets out. And he like, makes sure he grabs his fucking styrofoam coffee cup. So my man's just chasing down perps with a coffee cup in his hand. And that becomes actually a character trait. As we'll go on, I'll tell you more about it when we get to it. But yeah, after that, then I think this is where he does the quick change thing as he's running from the cops. And then he gets arrested, I think. Like I said, I don't remember, man. There was a lot of chasing. Like the whole first five, ten minutes is him running from these goddamn cops, it feels like. But he got chased at night. He tried to run in there and change clothes and act like he wasn't doing nothing. And they're just like, no. Come here. I think I fucked that all up, man. I'm sorry. I watched this shit last night, and I just woke up, and I'm trying to remember this shit. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> it's like he got away, and then at night, he had to re-get away and got caught. That's all you need to know, son. 
my next note is that you get introduced to the snitches character, Mousy. Well, I guess I can't say the snitches. He get introduced to Mousy, who was played by the same actor who played Snitch. There you go. Hey, words. I kind of know how to use them. And then he get introduced to him. Oh, you get introduced to him by watching him stick somebody up. And in quotations, I just wrote the word, fuck. Yeah, I think that's because the dude said that and I don't remember no more. Because like I said, the lines are funny, but not as memorable. But if it's hilarious enough, I'll put a clip in here. And if not, you're going to hear me keep talking. So the next thing that happens is the police line up. And I think it was the dude from the dentist office. He's in there. Oh, see, as PJ likes to say, we talk through the movies. And as we talk through them, we remember shit. And I remember shit again. Mousy is actually introduced. I think what he did was he went to the dentist's office and talked to the dude that's about to be at this lineup because he said something to the guy along the lines of, yeah, I heard you got a lineup to go to today. And he points a gun up to him's head. And so I think that's why now in the police lineup scene, now that guy is acting like he doesn't know what the fuck you know, the dude looks like. Because uh, I call him hungry cop in my notes because like I said, the cop that got out with the the coffee cup to start from cup in his hand. Every scene he's in, he's eating or drinking something. So I just called him Hungry Cop. And uh, he's getting pissed because he's like, you basically like, hey, big pussy, like, you know which one it is. Why don't you just tell me? Because if you don't say nothing, this motherfucker going to be back out on the streets again. And uh, so he goes through the line of and he actually gets the bow. And Bo is standing up there. And he's like, yo, this got to be him, right? Because he's the last one. And the man's just like, ah, you know, it was happened so quick. It was hard to tell, man. And. Your boy just like, uh-huh, whatever. Fuck out of my face. Get the hell out of here. He's like, put them all back in lockup, whatever. Fuck. So Hungry Cop is now talking to the chief. And the chief is kind of like, yo, we done have 14 robberies in 10 days. We need to do something about this shit. And if you don't, Hungry Cop, that's going to be your ass. So now you're introduced to, I think, his name His name is Stickman. <laughs> that's right. It is Stickman. I wrote that name down. Uh, Stickman is played by the guy who played um, Tito in Stitch in New York. My dude that was just going around stabbing everybody in that movie. This is Now he's Stickman. And there's a guy that just got out of jail and his name is Dousey. Or no, not Dousey. That's mousy shit. His name is Douse. Because he's like, Douse? Was that? He was like, yeah, mouse, but with a D. Douse. I think his name is... This motherfucker's name couldn't have been Doe Douse. Or Bo Douse. Doe Douse. It's something... It's another D name. It's like... Doe douse or some weird sounding shit like that. But uh, he goes up to Stickman and he fresh out the joint. And he's like, yo, I'm going to holler at you about this plan I got. I got a plan to steal some jewels and get some, like, how much was it? Like two mil or some shit? And it's going to split to two mil. But he's like, but I need some people. You know, I need you. And I need, you know, a, a shooter and a driver. And I need a safe cracker. And uh, well, he's like, I got the safe cracker. But I need you to supply a shooter and a driver. And we need somebody to front us like 50 stacks. And so I think at first he's kind of like, nah, he ain't really fucking with him. I did make a note, though, because this also comes up multiple times during the movie. But while they're talking, they just, my dude Douse just randomly looks at this poster of Tyra Banks' super fine ass on the wall. And he's like, damn, she kind of fine. And my dude uh, Stickman's like, yo, I got something better than that. Which in my mind, I watch this movie, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Especially, uh, that's I, that's mean. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to say it later. But they keep talking. And, um. Uh, I think he's like, yeah, I don't know if I got a shooter or no driver for you right now. And that's when fucking Bo and Mousey just burst in the room. And uh, Stickman has this little security dude that ain't shit. 
because he says something to Bo about jumping in the room, and he gets mopped. Like, he whoops dude's ass. So I think Bo was like, yo, we need our money or something. I forget how much money it was. It was like 200 or 2000 one of those two. And so Stickman's like, all right, all right, I got you, bro. Just, you know, get the fuck out of here. I'm doing something right now. And that's when, when they leave, Dallas is like, yo, there's my motherfucking shooter right there. And then just Stickman's like, yo, it's your motherfucking driver, too, because this homie just is wild. He's like, I got you. We're going to hook this up. And then he's like, yeah, I know you've been out of jail, so I'm going to hook you up with some of my finest pussy. He's like, oh, word? He's like, it's going to look like Tyra? Or, you know, he's like, it's going to look like her pointing at the Tyra post. He's like, man, it's going to be better than her. Which, again, I was like, fuck out of here. And then they show him fucking the girl, and it's like, yeah, it's definitely not better than Tyra. But, again, that might be me. I apologize. But I'm just saying, though. Now, if you tell me you got something for me better than Tyra and I don't have nothing better than Tyra, I might be slightly upset. But then again, I have been in jail jerking off for five years, so it might just be nice to get some of that nice-ass tauntaun again. Hey, there's a reference. Do you know what that means, folks? Go listen to goddamn Empire Strikes Back episode. But no, nah, yeah, like I said, Dallas does, he gets, he gets some shit in his little sex scene. I don't, can I call this a sex scene? It's, I don't know, it's awkward. It's weird. It's fucking weird. I don't know. Moving on. He introduced to this, uh, it's a lawyer, and his name is Ray, whoa, my voice cracked, my bad, <laughs> his name is Ray Seabrook, I'm just gonna call him Ray, man, and he's with his wife, and his wife is sick or something, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, I think she wants him to stay home, and he's like, nah, you know, I got some business to go handle, I'll be back later on, you just take your medicine and relax and just chill out, smash cut to him immediately going to fuck with side chick, and it's just like, well, you know, immediately that he a piece of shit, character established. So, Dalsy and Bo, they end up going to the meeting with Stickman about the jewel heist, and they with it. Your man, Stick don't even really say much. He just tells them how, what they got to do, how much money they going to get, and they're like, bet, peace, we out, we in. And so, I have to make a note here about audio again, because like I said, me, I know I am not the best at audio production. I do what I can. I try my best, you know, like my nigga Raiden tells me all the time, what? You will do your best. Exactly. I'm going to do my best. But it's one of those things where, again, it's like, Stickman will be talking. And then it'll cut to a shot of Douse and he's talking and the audio is just like noticeably fucked up where it's like, it'll be like, hold on, I'm trying to think, hold on, let me, I'm, I'm going I'm to get creative with you real quick, alright, so like, how you hear me now, this is how Stickman's talking, right, so just say like, alright, for example, yo man, we're going to go get the jewels at this time, we're going to have my man sitting outside and it's going to be swell, and then it'll cut to Douse and it'll sound like, Yeah, that sound good. We're going to get this shit handled and get this money. In scene, you know what I'm talking about? That's just an example. That's kind of like what I'm talking about. Like, you can tell the audio was definitely filmed somewhere where the, you know, the room wasn't as quiet, you know? And now, slight podcast tip if you didn't know it. I use Audacity to record. And there's a tool in here I found out about not terribly long ago that I have used a lot lately because... Well, you know, there's shit going on in the background. You know, sometimes the spirit is ruffling papers, doing homework. The last episode, I actually had to use it a lot. Because thankfully, nobody said anything, so hopefully it wasn't noticeable. But I had the game accidentally turned up way too high in that last episode on the mixer. So I had to go back and, like, level eight the fuck out of that shit by hand. But I think it came out good. And y'all guys didn't complain, so it must have been all right. But, um, you know, that's you highlight the area. Like, okay. Like, say that scene that y'all just heard with me happen, and then you catch a spot where there's an audio pause, like, man, maybe be taking a breath or something. You highlight that line of audio where nobody's talking, where you can get that isolated clip of, you know, that sound. There's a thing in there. It's called um, noise reduction. You highlight it. You go to the thing. And wherever it's at in the sense, I can't think right now. I don't want to fuck with the thing while I was recording. But you go there. You get the noise profile. 
So you highlight it, you go to that option, you click get noise profile, and then you back out of it, you highlight the whole entire audio file, double click it or whatever, and then you hit noise reduction. Like sirens in the background, like that would be hard to get out because it's while I'm talking. But for like just little ass like static in the background, you, it would it would kind of take it out, not all the way, but it would like reduce it, like noise reduction, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to talk shit. Oh, and did not give the help. Like, I'll be like, yo, it sound kind of fucked, but this is how you fix it. See, this is how we grow, folks. I'm trying to help out, see? Because there might be somebody listening to this with a podcast that didn't know about that shit, and now they know. And knowing it's half the battle. G.I. Joe, motherfucker. And then after this, I think it's just like a little montage of Mousy and Bo uh, just sticking people up. So, moving on. I'll actually get a line that I like in this scene right here because um, Bo... His girl is out hooking and shit now, nah, cause you know that's her hustle. He out sticking people up and she's getting stuck. I don't know. Um, it's funny because the actress playing her is a uh, what's her name, Kenya Woodruff. She played the asshole like dick cop, like in Snitch in New York. I was gonna say both of them were kind of dicks, but you know there was the one that was kind of lesser dick, and the one that was full dick. Well, the one that was full dick is now playing the uh, hooker, Bo's girl here, and he's talking to her about all, you know, the deal and all that, and he's, he just looks at her, and he's just like, no more hooking for you. And I don't know why, but when he said that, I just burst the fuck out laughing, bro. How much money you make today? I see you had a good day. No more hooking for you. I got a deal that's gonna give us enough money to buy a couple of keys to get our dope game going. So you ain't got to do this shit no more. You tired of stick-up. Too much pressure everywhere. Me and Mousy got a plan just to deal with. Make enough and blow time before anyone get busted. Leave crime alone forever. Word. He walks into the room. And I guess at the time I didn't put this together. And that's why it was funny to me. Maybe if I had caught this line first, it would have been like not as funny. But I don't know. I laugh at weird shit, too. He goes in there and he's like, yo, you know, how much you make today? And she throws money at him and he picks it up. And that's when he sits on the couch and that's when he takes the breath. And he's like, yeah, no more hooking for you. Because at first I thought he was saying it because, like, she ain't make a lot of money. He's like, you trash. You won't find you a new hustle. But then it's like, nah, he's just saying it because it's like, we're going to make money. We're going to get out of here. And I hadn't caught on to it yet. But this is where I kind of started to get the vibe. Or, well, I really got the vibe at the end. But right here, I kind of started to get a little inkling like, Man, this kind of seemed like some like super fly type shit. And then later on, when we talk about it, you'll be like, oh, this just is super fly shit now. Next scene, plan is getting laid out. It's uh, Bo, Mousy, and Dallas there. Oh, and um, they got the safe cracker, and his name is Cracker. And he's actually being played by the guy that played the pimp in Snitch in New York. Oh, his name was uh, Dark Gable. And I figured it out. I remember when we did Snitching Yard, I can't remember the full name. It was Dark Gable something. I remember now. His name is Dark Gable Most. That's his actor name, I guess. Or his pimp name, if that is. Like I said, he might be real pimp for all I know. Played that part a little bit too well last time, homie. But, yeah, they going over the planet and everything. I think it's... I forget what kind of building it is, really. Because it kind of seemed like... At first, I thought they were in a fucking apartment building. Like, to steal the jewelry and shit. Which they might have been still. Who knows? There's one guard outside, not outside, I'm sorry, outside the door where the shit is at. And Bo was coming up the steps real slow. And the dude has on, like, headphones listening to music. He just, like, chilling and shit. And Bo shoots him. And it's one of the funniest fucking deaths. I even showed this to the spirit in the morning when I got home. And she even laughed and was like, what the fuck? Because my man, he gets shot, quote unquote. And he, like, holds the CD player and his hands up to his chest. 
There's no blood or anything, but he does that. He closes his eyes and he just kind of slow, I mean, slowly falls over to the side, like, uh, 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 like he it falls for a minute. And when I tell you, I had to pause the movie because I laughed so hard at that shit. And of course, this is an audio podcast, so if I played it, you wouldn't really get the full gist of it. But you have, like, go look at that shit. Matter of fact, maybe I'll put it in the YouTube video so you guys can see it beforehand and know what I'm talking about. You can see what you're in for. Because actually, you know what? I might have to because I don't think there's a trailer for this movie out there. Because again, this is one of those Maverick movies like Snitch in New York and they have them all for free on YouTube and other apps. But I don't think I saw a trailer for this movie, so I might have to just... It might just be clip show. And you know when it's clip show, it's going to be all the funny shit. So you probably have already, you know what I'm talking about. You probably already saw it, actually. So moving on. While they're doing anything, another guard comes out and he tries to run up on him, you know, freeze and all that shit. And uh, I think it was Bo. Was it Bo or Mousy? One of them, like, comes up behind. He kind of puts him, like, in a headlock looking thing or something. And they shoots him back in the head murders his ass. No blood again, even though it was a headshot. Waiting on Cracker. To get the jewels out. And they're like, yo, hurry up, hurry up. That's what it was. They were waiting. And then some guard, I guess, heard what happened. And they had to kill another guard. So that's why Dallas is not like, yo, come on, man. This shit getting hot out here. And they finally get the jewels out. And then as they're trying to escape, like, you know, cops are coming in everywhere. But I wrote in my notes that they're supposed to be cops or security guards. But these motherfuckers look like UPS drivers. Like, UPS drivers are going hard in this building. And I call them the UPS cops in my notes. Because they got on, they even got on, like, they got on, like, the hats and the little, uh, like khaki brown, like looking shorts and shit. So I'm like, why are UPS men in this building going crazy? But I guess they're supposed to be security guards. But they end up murking all them motherfuckers. And so they escape. And while all that's going on, I guess the hungry cop, he goes over to stick man and starts asking questions. And so I'm like, yo, you, you know what's going on about these robberies, don't you? We need names and all that shit. And stick man is like, yeah, I ain't got nothing for you, player. And so he's like, yeah, okay, sure. We'll be back, motherfucker. And then I guess you cut back to the lawyer, uh, Ray. And he's talking to his little lackey dude or whoever he is about money. And he's complaining about, you know, oh, man, you know, my wife's medical bills are piling up. And then, I don't know, some lawyer, like, I don't know about cases or some, you know, some money getting tight. Basically, there you go, money getting tight. And then he's like, you know, and then on top of that, I, you know, I got this money. I got uh, to get to these dudes for this job and these diamonds and shit. And then I don't remember whose idea it was. I think the dude might have said something. Because there's a point where the dude says something and the lawyer gets pissed and actually chokes him. And he's like, yo, I'm sorry about that. And he's like, you don't let that happen again. And I'm like, man, you kind of cool with somebody just got choked. He's, I think he, that's, he gets an idea after that. And he's like, yo, I got this idea, bro. They going to come in and I'm going to give you the uh, key phrase. And he's, I'm going to say, Douse, you are an incredible man or something like that. And when that, I say that, you come out and you rob him and take the jewels. Or I don't know if he's supposed to kill him or just rob him. But basically, he's going to take the jewels and then we'll run off and we'll split the money. And we ain't got to worry about them motherfuckers. You know, some shit like some shady shit like that. The setup happens. And, you know, Douse is in there with the jewels. And he's telling uh, the lawyers telling Douse and Bo, like, hey, you should leave the jewels here. Because, you know, y'all motherfuckers is kind of hot. And they ain't going to think to come here. And my man's with the money. He not going to be here till tomorrow anyway. So why don't you just, you know, chill. Let him here chill. Whoa. Why don't you just let him chill here with your boy? God damn, that's hard to get out. And eventually, you know, dude, Dallas is like, all right, fuck it. And then uh, they're going through the jewels. And, of course, your boy says the line, Dallas, you're an incredible man or whatever. Homie comes out with the burner and points it. And it's like, yo, give me all the jewels. And uh, everybody's like, and I think it's Dallas is kind of like, fuck, man, some bullshit. But then I think it was Bo that was like, Nah, nah, give him the jewels. And then, cause the, then, uh, the fake robber dude is even like, oh, uh, all right. Like that was easy. And then I think when he reaches for the jewels, Bo smokes his ass. 
these the lawyers trying to you know play a little character like oh no no what's happening and Dallas is like you sneaky motherfucker and I think Bo is about to shoot him and then Dallas is like nah nah don't shoot him because we need him we still need this boy with that money he's like we gonna take the jewels with us and we'll be back motherfucker and so your man is stuck with his homie laying there dead and the cops are there now asking a bunch of questions about shit I don't think he really says much. I think he's like, you know, because he's involved in this shit, too. So he ain't really trying to say nothing. So the cops again have no real leads now. Douse tells Bo to hold on to the jewelry and shit. And he goes back home to his girl. I found out at this point her name was Crystal. And he's telling her about, you know, all the bullshit that happened in the setup and everything. But then he gets knocked. She gets a knock on the door. And she's like, oh, it's one of my tricks. He's like, well, tell that motherfucker to leave. And so he, she opens the door. and She's talking. And we, the viewers, see that it's actually the fucking lawyer, Ray, at the door talking to her. But then in the background, you know, Bo is hiding, but he starts to recognize that voice. And he opens up the door, points the gun at him. It's like, what does he say, man? He's like, because he was explaining, like, what happened. And he's like, you know, this motherfucker betrayed us or something. And then, But then when he opens the door, he says something in a weird-ass way that made me laugh. Because he's like, this is the blank in blank or something like that, like, from what he was explaining. I don't know. I'll plug a clip in here probably so you can... Cause I'm having a bad time explaining these things. I don't remember, but it made me laugh. What happened? Everything got fucked up. He didn't have the money. What's in there? Jewels. What are you gonna do? They got me holding. Well, who is he? Who is they? You talking in circles, baby? You talk about the crew I'm working with. You gotta come straight. I'm the spirit. You gotta tell me your whole story. Can't do that, Chris. You already told me about the stand. All I want to know is who the people are. I want to have your back. But Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Wait. Hi. Hi, Crystal. I'm sorry I didn't call, but I really need to see you. I'm busy right now. Listen. Get rid of them. I'll make it worth your while. Do it. This is the he who fucked the they. Get the fuck in here. So I think he, of course, tries to, you know, make a deal with Bo about the jewelry. And I don't think Bo was really fucking with him. He just tells him to get the fuck out of here. And then the next day, he's in the car with uh, Douse, and he's telling him everything that happened. So Douse is like, all right, look, I want you to pocket as many of the jewels as you can. I'm going to get the rest. And I don't actually know why. I didn't get why he made him do this shit, but he makes him pocket a whole bunch of them. And then he takes off, I think, with the rest of them. I think maybe they're just splitting it so they can go their own separate ways, possibly. Because I don't think they interact anymore the whole rest of this movie. But after that, the cops again go back to Stickman. Oh, the lawyer did tell him about Stickman, I think. And this is why they going back to Stickman, because they're like, yeah, motherfucker, I thought you had nothing to do with this. We heard from the lawyer that y'all motherfuckers had a plan to steal the jewels. And then there's some motherfuckers named Mousy and Bo that's also involved. And they put the heat on Stickman and then Stickman talks and he tells them everything. He tells them about the lawyer and about Bo and about Mousy and the jewels and our douse and all that shit. So he's the one that actually flips. I forgot. It's Stickman's a snitch. So after this, the police go straight over to the homie Ray, uh, the lawyer's house. He's there with his wife talking again. And uh, he goes, he's like, yo, chill here. You know, I'll go talk to the motherfuckers at the door. But I guess she wants to know what's going on, I guess. So she slowly, because I guess something must be wrong with her legs because she's like grabbing her leg and like moving it. I guess maybe they don't move or something. And she's slowly, you know, going toward the door to go see what's going on. And that'll come back later. But they basically tell Ray, like, yo, we know what's going on. So, uh, yeah, what you want to do about this? And I think... Ray makes a deal with him to you know, tell him information and you no know, snitch, basically. More snitching in New York. <laughs> I 
after that. Oh, because before while the cops were he, because uh, Bo I think was supposed to come by Ray's house. So at one point, because he hears a knock on the door, but then he looks out the window and Bo is right in the fucking window. When he opens the blind, Ray is like, almost like a horror movie. Ray is uh, Bo is right there. So when he's talking to the cops, I think he's kind of annoyed about Bo like maybe coming to fuck him up because he's like, oh well, you gonna make a deal with me, but now there's cops at the front door. That's not gonna look good. Maybe he thinks he's gonna get fucked up. So he's kind of paranoid, and so the wife. Yeah, and you know, as far as he's concerned, no, if her legs don't work, she shouldn't be moving around the house or whatever the fuck. But she's got like a chair and she's in it, using it kind of like a walker. So when uh, he's going back upstairs, he hears movement and he pulls out his gun and shoots. And then he accidentally shoots and fucks his wife up. So he goes back up there and he's like, oh, she, you know, is down on his knees. Like, oh my God, what have I done type shit? And so I guess between Bo possibly coming to kill him, the police being on his ass, and now he killed his wife. I guess now it's too much for your boy. See, your man puts the barrel in his mouth and eats a hot one, and Ray is done now. He's out of the movie. He dead as fuck. But now the cops are headed over to Bo's house, but of course Bo ain't there because he was just at Ray's house. And Crystal opens up the door, and uh, she's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? We need to talk to Bo. Oh, I don't know no Bo or whatever. And so Hungry Cop just escalates immediately to choking her ass because he just bum rushes the door and like i think both hands even he's choking the fuck out of her until she because i mean i can't blame her like you getting choked by this cop and there's two other ones in the room it's like i gotta talk i guess because she starts you know singing and shit i mean not literally singing but again you know you know again more her time she's singing she's talking she's flipping she's snitching you know what i'm saying that type of shit but not really because she doesn't tell him a lot she's basically like yo bo not here or whatever the fuck and then I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's the, well, I don't know. They don't go outside, so maybe it's the same night. Maybe they're just hitting everybody all in the same day. But uh, Douse is in a little room, and the hungry cop and his boys, they come in there. And then in my, what might be one of the goofiest fucking little escape scenes I've seen in a while, man. Your boy, Douse, he gets up and he does like these weird ass, like Shane McMahon punches or something to the one cop. To explain what that means, goddammit. There's a guy in WWE named Shane McMahon. He's Vince McMahon's son. And he wrestles sometimes. And he does these punches that I fucking hate because they look so fake. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you have the friends, they you know, oh, you watch that fake-ass wrestling? And I'm like, man, you know, it's all predetermined, but it ain't fake. It's really motherfuckers getting slammed and all that shit. And then right after I say that, they show Shane McMahon doing these little bullshit punches. And they just kind of give you that look, the real slow head turn looking at you. And I'm just like, you th- throw your hands up like, I-, I can't explain that one, bro. That's some fake shit, bro. <laughs> that one, I-, I can't. It doesn't help the cause, you know what I'm saying? And that's basically, if you know what I'm talking about, that's what he does. He does a little, like, I'm going to knock on the table just a little bit. I'm sorry about the audio. But he's just, like, basically hitting them like this, like. Like, nothing. Like, blatantly showing that he's pulling punches and shit. And um, I think he does that to the cop. He hits... I think... I don't remember what he does to the hungry cop. I think he just kind of hits him with a little two-piece or something. But then he kicks the other slope cop in his nuts and runs off. And then uh, he's going down the f- some stairs to try and escape. But then he gets shot in the back. And I was thinking that maybe, you know, they was going to keep him alive or something. But nah, Douse is dead. So now Ray and Douse are both gone from the movie. Even back over at Crystal's, uh, Bo and Mousy are back over there. And I didn't at first know what the fuck was happening here. But she starts dressing them up in her little hooker outfits and wigs and shit. And it's, uh, I guess, a disguise to get past the cops. And it works because she dresses them up. And the cops are sitting outside uh, the crib, I guess, waiting to catch them. And they walk past and they see them. And one of the cops says something kind of smart to him. And uh, I think it was Mousy gave him the middle finger. And the cop was like, oh, you wish, honey. And they all just kind of chuckle as the person that the people that they're looking for walks right past their dumbass. Still in full costume, they go straight over the stick mans. 
Like I was saying, the Superfly connection, uh, not Mousy, uh, Bo is ready to, you know, quit being stick up, guys. Like, yo, I'm tired of this shit, man. This life is trash. We want to, I want to just get me some dope and sell a lot of dope real fast, make a lot of money real fast, and then just bang out. Just it's like Superfly, the one last deal type thing. Like, I just want to get a lot of coke, make a lot of money in a short period of time, and then just be done. And so the way to do that is they go up to stick, man. They're like, yo, we know you snitched, motherfucker. But, you know, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call your connect. I need three kilos right now. And he's like, but motherfucker, I can't get, you know, my dude. Like, nah, motherfucker, fuck you. You want it right now. Are you going to die? And so he gets on the phone and he calls his boy. And the dude comes with the with the drugs and shit. He hands on the stick, man. And then as he's leaving, I think his bow turns around and shoots him in the fucking back. And Stickman's like, what the fuck? And then Mousy shoots Stickman's bodyguard, dude. And then... I think they both put their guns onto um, Stickman, and he has one of the absolute goofiest fucking reactions to getting shot. Like I said, it's not as many goofy lines as Snitch in New York, but there's a lot of fucking goofy shots. The shit, unfortunately, that I can't really show you on the podcast. But of course, like I said in the video, you probably saw a lot of this shit I'm talking about. So it's still worth looking at. I won't spoil my review too much. But <laughs> so, so Stickman is dead now. So it's like, all right, I think we're about. An hour into this movie, and it's like 20, hour 27, yeah. So, the movie pretty much, like, a lot of main characters are all dead now. And so, I was wondering, like, what the fuck is about to happen now? Because at this point, the movie kind of drastically shifts into, like, another movie, kind of. Because, like, all the sticking up stuff is pretty much done here. And we go straight into, like, the, I would call the super fly portion of the movie, honestly. Because they end up, um, Bo and Mouse end up meeting, I guess, I think they said it was Bo's cousin. And I guess he's Big Dope Man out somewhere else. I don't know where he's at. I don't remember where he was at, but it wasn't New York because they had to get out of New York because it was hot anyway. So they got the drugs. They marked the people they needed to mark and they moved. Uh, they didn't move. They went away. But then Bo's cousin is talking to him. And he's like, yo, man, y'all know y'all just some stick up kids. Y'all know nothing about the dope gang. And Bo's like, shit, yeah, we do. We got these kilos right here. And he's like, let me see that shit. And then he tastes it. And then you know how in movies they always do that real fake kind of shit where they kind of like, you know, put someone like they finger and taste it or something. They don't ever sniff it. Like, I always figured it's cocaine. You should sniff it, right, to see if it's good or not. But they always lick it. But my man, in this movie, he actually puts some, I think it was on the index finger and his thumb. And he, like, like puts his whole finger in his mouth and, like, kind of, like, sucks on it a little bit. I'm like, whoa, I ain't never seen anybody do it that damn hard. Usually it's just, like, a little lip, a little tongue flip or something. My man's got the whole finger in his mouth. And then he's looking at him. He's like, yeah, y'all y'all know a lot about the dope game, huh? Y'all motherfuckers, y'all know what y'all got here? And they're like, what? He's like, y'all got some goddamn baking powder. And then, of course, if I was making this movie, Bo would uh, reply with, Baking soda! I got baking soda! <laughs> that would have been the motherfucking best, but this is way too early for that. I don't know what Stickman's in. Maybe his end game there would be, these dumbasses wouldn't be smart enough to test the drugs before they kill me or before they leave. So they could leave and then I could have my mans go and smoke them and like shoot them in the back or something. I don't know what the plan would have been there. It's kind of weird, but he had this big ass sack of baking soda. So the cousin is like, yeah, I'm not fucking with y'all. Y'all can't even be smart enough to know the difference to test y'all shit or try it or notice. But they're like, they end up persuading, you know, and he's like, all right, look, I'm going to fuck with y'all and we'll see what you got. Then you get the drug montage of them just, you know packaging the shit selling the shit you know making money and all that and you get to this little fade away or whatever and it's like the, the cousin's like yeah man i was wrong about y'all y'all making that money out here and I, oh i was laughing to it i brought did right to some of my notes during the dope montage um there was a there was a couple cats I'm, i know it's not them of course but there was one dude in that montage i swear to god looked like Stephen a smith and another one that looked just like trevor noah and i'm like what the fuck is trevor noah doing in this movie bro <laughs> 
I was rolling, bro. But yeah, they end up making 200 stacks, though, 200,000. And the cousin is telling him, he's like, yeah, y'all gonna have to probably head back to New York soon. Y'all gonna have to worry about these snitches out here soon. Y'all making too much money. And Bo was like, man, fuck them snitches, man. We'll deal with them as they come. But then cousin's like, nah, but for real, though, you gonna have to worry about these snitches out here. So it must be real bad out where they at, because he's like saying that shit almost like scared, like, yo, snitches is coming, B. <laughs> Why he got the snitch in there sitting right next to him? But that's a different movie, so. But why are they getting that hustle on? He got um, Crystal out there. Like I said, she ain't hooking no more, but she's still using her, uh, what, do we, what do we say, uh, feminine wiles to pull guys and, you know, hustle them that way. Because um, there's a fucking dude at the bar. I was wondering what was kind of up with this cat because he's dressed kind of like, you know, like, um, I mean, I was real sure I, I wrote in my notes. I don't, um, um, what's his name? Fucking Forrest Whitaker. And the last king of Scotland, bro. That's what he kind of reminded me of, bro. The way he was dressed and shit. He goes over to Crystal and he starts talking to her. And, and she's, of course, running game. And he, he's buying her drinks and shit. And they get ready to bang out. And he, like, looks back at his crew that he was that he was hanging with. And he kind of gives him a thumbs up. Like, yeah, I'm about to go beat this shit up, bro. But then they get up the street a little bit. And then Mousy and Bo pull up in the whip. And I think, do they throw him inside the car? I think they throw him in the car they end up, like, it fades away, and they go to a shot of, I guess, old boy. At his car, he pops the trunk, and they start pulling out, like, excessive amounts. Like, this motherfucker was carrying his whole supply almost in the trunk. And I'm just like, I don't sell drugs. You know, I've never done that shit. I've, of course, seen a lot of movies about it, and I've known people that have done it. But I'm pretty sure, even me being a square to this shit, you don't just carry mad kilos of that shit in your trunk like that. I swear, they pulled out, like... At least five bags of that shit or something, like sacks of that shit. And I'm just like, damn, bro. And there was like no cover or nothing. He just had that shit in his trunk. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how that worked, big. But then the next note after that is that uh, Crystal is at the same fucking bar. Pull this another trick. The exact same thing happens. She pulls this light, like skin dude with glasses or something, and they rob him and throw him in the trunk or something, take his dope. And again, again, it's like a obscene amount of shit in his trunk. And it's just like, I would think that. You pull big drug dealer dude at the at the bar. You don't go back to the same bar and pull another dude because I'm sure a word might have spread like, hey, there was this bitch here that was you no know, on me and then got me robbed, you know. So I would just think that you wouldn't want to go to the same place over and over again. Now I would think you're not even really the same side of town for real. Because once that shit gets spread, that yo, you out here pulling these motherfucking capers, nigga, <laughs> like you might not want to, you know, it gets hot real quick. You know, that's what I was thinking, but then it actually does come back in a fucking hilarious way that we will talk about later. It is the best. It made me, like, the score went up because of that scene, but we'll get to it. But at this point, they done made enough money now to where they headed back to New York, and they're getting a crew together. And um, Mousy has, he tells Mousy to get, like, six guys and, like, some girls, and uh, they get the girls, but then Mousy's like, yo, I couldn't really find no dudes except for this one. But, you know, I know him. I can vouch for him. He cool. He, you know, he good people. So, all right. So, he get hired. So, he got, like, three girls and this guy. And they're sitting there, you know, there's a little montage of them, you know, getting all the dope packaged up. And I noticed that the dude was kind of messy. Like, he was getting some on the table and shit. And I'm like, that would probably be a big no-no. You can't be spilling the product, motherfucker. Oh, and I made a note here, too, that <laughs> this is in a part of this montage of the crew, you know, s- selling dope and shit back in New York. They're at like what looks to be a fucking restaurant or something. And they have like, you know, little Ziploc sandwich bags, right? Like not the real big freezer bags, but the smaller like 
sandwich bags. They have those about two thirds filled with um, Coke and they're selling it at the restaurant. They're passing it off, but they're not even doing doing it under the table. They're doing it over the table in like full fucking view. And it's a sack. It's like it's fucking full, man. And I'm just like, hold up, bruh. <laughs> hold up, man. I'm like, you're already riding around with all this shit in your trunk like that. And now you motherfuckers are like out in public just handing over sandwich bags full of motherfucking cocaine over the motherfucking table? No, son. Come on, man. I, like, like I said, I'm not even in that life. And I'm just watching this like. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Somebody gonna drop a dime, nigga. <laughs> like, come on, man. But. I had a feeling this was going to happen, and I didn't think it was going to happen so soon, but I forgot. Like I said, there is only like 30 minutes left in this movie, so shit is just like, we got to, got to go, my nigga. But Mousy's dude is in there, you know, packaging up, doing his thing, and Bo comes in there. He's like, you motherfucker, stand up, and he makes him strip. He's like, you in here stealing this shit, and um, he pulls his shirt off, and he has like a bunch of, like, I think it might be one or two sacks of motherfucking drugs strapped to his chest, and so Bo was like, you dirty motherfucker. He was like... Yo, Mousy, take this motherfucker outside and make him pull his pants down and tie him up to the pole and let his little dick freeze up on the pole or some weird shit like that. I was, I was wondering what was going to happen because they leave, like Mousy and the dude leave and the shot stays on Bo and the girls, you know, looking all, you know, like trying not to look up at Bo and just do their job and shit. And then you hear a gunshot. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they did kill him. I'm like, because I thought they were going to show us. I'm like, why is it just keeping on this shot? But then Bo looks at the girls. He's like, yeah, let that be an example. Y'all fuck around. That's going to be y'all too or some shit like that. But after this, Bo and uh, Mousy into a little argument because uh, while they were in, wherever the fuck they were, Mousy, I guess, hooked up with some chick. And he's like, yo, I want to bring her in, you know, fill that spot up. But he's like, man, I don't know. I don't trust that girl, man. I don't, I can't, I don't know if we can fuck with her. And they get into an argument because Mousy's like, yo, man, we supposed to be partners, but everything is always your decision. You know, we do this because you said so. We do that because you said so. Like, motherfucker, I want to bring my girl in because I say so. And I got equal saying this shit. So I think Bo was just about, about, Bo was just like, whatever, motherfucker. I don't know for sure. I think this might be the first time you really get introduced to her, but Mousy's girl, her name is Nicole. And so now she's working on the little, <laughs> on the assembly line and shit. And uh, I think Crystal comes up to her like at the end of the shift and shit. And she's like, yo, you know, you don't got to do this if you don't want to, man. And Crystal's like, nah, nah, I want to do it and all this other, other shit. And they end up going to a restaurant and eating and they talk to Bo and Mousy. And that, that bullshit happens. It's not really that important. The, the cops, the hungry cop and his two cronies, they actually pull, uh, pull up on Bo and Mousy. And they're like, yo, I see you back in New York. And I know you selling that dope. And they're like, what you talking about? He's like, motherfucker, hey, look, 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 bro, don't get off that shit. We know what you're doing. But we're going to tell you right now. We the big suppliers out here. And we trying to fuck with you. And basically, it's, it's not really like a question. It's just like, yeah, you going to work for us now. And we taking 50%. And if y'all say something about it or y'all want to do it, we're just going to fucking kill y'all. So, I mean, what you going to do, player? And that's what I'm saying. This scene, this is the scene where I realized that this is just super fly now. Because, of course, that happened. At, well, we did do that movie on the podcast. So, if you heard that episode, you know about it. But, yeah, that's what happens. It's like the cops find out they selling all the dope now. And they're like, hey, we want in on that. So, we'll supply you and you'll just give us half the money and we ain't got to do shit. And so... They play along with it, but then I kind of got the Superfly vibe, but then the boy Mousy, that's when it was solidified for 100%, 110% for real. <laughs> because just like Eddie and Superfly, he looks at Bo and he's like, yo, this is what we've been waiting for, man. We can make mad money doing this shit and we'll be working for the cops. We won't have nothing to worry about. And then Bo looks at him and is like, yo, I thought we were just trying to make enough to get out. And then Mousy's like, yeah, but that was before we had the cops on our side, man. Now we can just keep doing this shit. Man, when you talking about making, you know, whatever amount of money, he's like, man, we can make 
millions and way more than before. But your boy ain't really with it. But he goes along with it. Like I said, this is like Superfly. So I guess they're working with the cops now. And they got new workers now. And one of them actually happens to get fucking picked up by two new cops. They introduced to the story near the end of the fucking movie. Because there's these two women cops. And uh, I guess their worker, I don't know what he was doing. But he walks up on somebody and he fucking knocks him the fuck out. And that's when the cops run out like, freeze, motherfucker. And they put him in back of the car and start questioning him. And that's when I realized, I was like, this motherfucker looks like somebody. And I don't remember the names because I'm not super familiar with the group. Because I don't like, I haven't listened to a lot of their music. I know like one or two songs. But there's a group called PM Dawn, old hip-hop group from the early 90s. There was a skinny dude and a bigger dude, and this dude in the backseat looks just like the fucking bigger dude from PM Dawn. So in my notes, it's just cops interrogate PM Dawn now. And I think he ends up, like, talking, too, because they um, know to go who to go fuck with after this. They grab up Bo and Crystal, and they're talking to them, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we gonna be your new suppliers. You know, you let us know who's supplying you now, and we go handle them or something. Like, they basically want to know. They're also crooked cops that are working in the drug game and they want to know who the other crooked cops are that are basically kind of like impeding on their territory and shit so they're talking to Bo like yo whoever you working for motherfucker fuck them you gonna work for us now or something like that Nicole works for the cops Mousy's girl that he brought in to you know help with the drug shit she's actually working with the cops I I think probably the two I think the two cops because the two cops are black women too I think they just talked to her and that's when you find out but the next scene is where I remember though because Nicole is talking to What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Nick, uh, Crystal. Fuck. Heron Bo kind of have an idea that, you know, they might have somebody on the inside. Because they know PM Dawn says something, I think. But they're like, but how do they even know to fuck with him? And so she goes through Crystal's purse. I mean, she goes through fucking Nicole's purse. And she finds her police badge. And I was thinking to myself, you must be in like some deep undercover shit. Why do you have that in your purse? You would think if you that deep undercover to where you like literally fucking drug dealers and like, you know, putting this on the assembly line and shit. Like, why are you carrying that with you? Other than plot conveniences, you know what I'm saying? That's all it is. I don't want to question it. That's why. Since they want to work with Bo, they Bo set up a thing with the hungry cop and his dudes. Like, yo, we're going to meet up with you at this time. We're going to be in this car. And so the female cops, they pull up in the car, I guess. And uh, they're like, motherfucker, it's them assholes that's out here doing that shit. They finally see who it is. But the hungry cop and his dudes, they get out the car to go talk to Bo and Crystal, not realizing that it's the two women cops in the car and they get smoked. So the hungry cop and the one dude are dead. It's the hungry cop and the younger white dude. They get shot. But then my slope cop is still sitting in the car because they made him wait. And he's like kind of nodding off. He's like slunk down in the seat. So one of the cops kind of splinter cells to the side and knocks on the door. And then when he sits up, the other cop shoots him in the side of the head and kills him. So those guys are all fucking dead now. But then in the background, the homie Bo is back there taking pictures of everything going on. So he got evidence now against the women cops. So in another scene, almost ripped straight from Superfly, he goes, uh, our Bo goes to Mouse and he's like, yo, I want my half of the money. I'm out. I'm done with this shit. I got evidence on these cops. I got a way out and I'm taking it. And Mousy at first is like, because they're pointing guns at each other at first. But then Mousy is like, man, it's some bullshit, but all right, fuck it, man. You Here's your half of the money. And uh, before Bo leaves, he's like, yo, and uh, you need to be careful out here because if you're going to keep doing this shit, your girl is a cop, so you probably should actually leave with us or go somewhere else. But then your boy's like, nah, man, come on, she ain't no cop. Nah, man, ain't no motherfucking cop. We'll hit this motherfucker then. I can feel it. I'm sorry. That was Who knows that reference? Shit, that's deep cover, motherfucker. That's the movie we need to do on the podcast. When's that coming up on the podcast? Be I don't know. But after that scene, 
Nicole comes back to the crib and she gets confronted by Mousy and he's like, y'all heard you was a cop. And she's like, nah, I ain't no motherfucking cop. We'll hit the- I'm not going to do that joke again. But <laughs> he finds a badge and he's like, you dirty motherfucker. And he's the gun at her. And I think he's actually going to shoot her at first. But then the two women cops come and they shoot Mousy and kill him. Bo was actually talking to that police chief dude from the beginning of the movie that was complaining about all the crime and everything. He's actually handed him the pictures. So I was like, okay. So I was wondering how this was going to go. I was wondering if the twist in this movie, because it's Junie Smith. So I'm expecting, you know, the ending to be fucking weird. So I'm like, I wonder if the ending's going to be, he's going to get a, the pictures to the cops. And then um, they're going to like arrest the, the women cop. But then maybe the chief would be like, yeah, now you work for me. And it's just like a like a cycle, like fuck. Or he'll just get killed or something. But that's not what happens. We'll talk about it. But he has the shit over to the cops. And uh, the girl cops come out, you know, to confront Bo about whatever. For they're like, yeah, we killed Mousy, and you gonna keep working for us? You ain't going nowhere, but you know, whatever. But then the fucking UPS cops jump out again, and see, this is where I found out. Like before, I thought they were just security guards for that building. Like, no, these are just the cops. So the UPS fucking workers, like, how <laughs> nice shift they work as cops, I guess. And they uh, arrest the two women cops. Oh, actually, the three women cops, because uh, Nicole was there too, and she also gets arrested. So yeah, everything's good, man. Uh, police chief dude or whoever he you know i don't know if he daps him up but he basically looks at Bo, shakes his hands like appreciate the help on that shit bro and Bo and crystal they out they drive off and this is like we did it we we fucking you know we got the got out the half of the money we got the cops off our back you know the homie mousey dead but hey you know we tried to help him he ain't want fuck with us that's one thing about superfly you don't really find out is what happens to eddie because you know like i said priest does his thing at the end and gets away but i guess eddie's just stuck so he probably eventually got killed i'm sure there is a sequel to Superfly. For some fucking reason, man, if anybody's listening to this that works for any of those companies like Vinegar Syndrome and like Shout Factory, somebody please get the fucking rights to Superfly TNT. Because there are two... <laughs> what a toothpick. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all couldn't see that just now. But there are two sequels to Superfly. Now, I'm not counting the remake. I'm just talking about actual sequels. There's Superfly. There's Superfly TNT, which also has Ron O'Neill. I think it was filmed in like Italy or some shit. And then there's the Return of Superfly, which has a completely different dude. That one's available. I can watch that anytime. But why the fuck can I not see Superfly TNT nowhere? I really want to see that because, like I said, it's the real true sequel because it even has fucking Ron O'Neill in it. And even the videotape is impossible to find. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, it'll be on YouTube. Usually shit you can't find or is on YouTube because nobody cares about the copyright because if they did, it'd be on DVD or something. But no, it's not even on fucking YouTube. I'm going to check right now. I'm, like, make sure. Because, motherfucker, if Superfly TNT is on YouTube, we are doing that shit next episode. I don't care. Like, schedules will get flipped. Superfly TNT. Oh, my God. Is it actually on YouTube now? Oh, somebody three months ago? Wait a minute. Oh, shit. It's actually there. Yo! Oh, shit. Three months ago. October 29th, 2019. Somebody actually posted this shit and it looks like garbage, but I'm about to get hype watching it anyway. Yo, hopefully that means if there's a copy out here, hopefully that means somebody will fucking put it on Blu-ray or something now. But nope. Superfly TNT is on fucking YouTube, bro. Uh-uh, because PJ already watched the fuck. All right, it might not be next episode, but it will be the one after that if not. Because fuck that. We were watching Superfly TNT. Because I did not know that was on YouTube. You know how fucking long I've been waiting on that shit? Damn, man. I'm kind of mad now. Because I'd have been watched that shit. But you know what it works out? It works out because it'll be on the podcast. Because we did do we did Superfly. And now we can do Superfly TNT. Because I've been wanting to do the return of Superfly on the podcast. So now, but I was like, I wanted to do TNT first. So now we can do that shit. So I'm hype. I'm, I got legit hype. 
Like for real. I, I wish I, I'm smiling like a motherfucker right now. But I'm also gonna be smiling because my favorite scene in this whole entire fucking movie happens right here. Because now, like I said, Junie Smith, I know now with your movies, I just have to expect the unexpected with these endings. Because I it's I didn't expect this ending, but looking at it in hindsight, I probably should have. Like I expected something dumb, but I didn't expect something just like out of left field. That's the thing he got me. Because I expect, I, I was wondering, like, are they going to sing Temptations again? Are they going to sing the Dramatics? Are we going to get, like, I don't know. Like, who are they going to sing next to kill the suspense? They're in the car happy as fuck. You know, we can finally do everything we need to do. And Bo says something like, all you got to do is get out of New York, baby, or something like that. But then out of fucking nowhere, last King of Scotland dude and the light-skinned dude with the glasses that got tricked at the bar, they pop up on the side of the car, and last King of Scotland dude is like, remember? And then the other guy's like, us? And then they shoot at the same time and fucking kill Crystal and Bo. Like, damn, I didn't expect that. And then the funniest part about it is that the music playing while they're in the car all hype and shit. It's like, you know, upbeat and like, yeah, yeah, we got money. We about to get the fuck out of town. You know, some shit. I don't know if that's not what they're saying. But you know, that, that type of vibe. And then the moment the bullets touch their fucking heads, the music changes drastically to some like somber, like low key hip hop shit. It just, and then after they shoot Crystal and Bo, they keep their arms outstretched until the fade out is over. So they just like, they're just enjoying that shit. It's just like, pow, pow. Slow fade starts, music changes, and they're still holding their hands out like, yeah, we did that shit. Baby, we did it! man said, all we gotta do is stay out of New York. Remember us. And then, credits. Directed and written by Junie Smith. That was motherfucking Pressure (laughs) from 2002. Damn it, Junie, in these endings, man. I love these I love these fucking endings, man. And the reason I love this ending so much is that I, I wrote this ending probably when I was younger. When I was a kid, I used to always write stories. And I used to actually, like, write scripts, like, in script form and everything. Like, because I always wanted to, I wanted to make movies when I was younger. Now I just talk about them. <laughs> and uh, all my stories always ended, like, bad. There was never a happy ending. Because, you know, young, angry Brent is like, life has no happy endings. Life has no, you know, shit like that. Like, edgelord shit, you know, back when I was younger. And that, it, it reminded me, that's why I liked this so much, because I'm like, yo, this is exactly what, how I would have ended this movie when I was a teenager, even like early 20s, right, and shit. It's just like, yeah, you thought it was going to be happy, but oh, you forgot about these two dudes, which is true. Like, after I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, because like I said, but that's what I was getting at before. Like, if you out here tricking these dudes out of, like I said, not little amounts of fucking drugs, like large fucking amounts of drugs, like amounts of drugs that will get them probably fucking murdered by the plug, they are nuts going to let you just get away with that like motherfucker like on some real on some for really real shit i'd have been the fuck i wouldn't have stopped whatever like right before this thing happens where we about to get all these motherfuckers arrested and shit pack whatever the fuck you need in the car and we're not taking much necessities because once this shit happens and they get shot we are gone and then but then like i said also with the amount of drugs they had these motherfuckers probably wouldn't have had no qualms about coming and finding you wherever the fuck you were so you motherfuckers were always going to be in the line of danger as far as this shit was concerned because like i said you you not taking little amounts not only are y'all not thinking like that y'all also just sitting in the car in the fucking dark at night like i said like yeah yeah we did that shit yeah we gotta get out of new york no bow you die everybody die b niggas die every day b but they won't be all right because i guess they heads weren't tough right because the bullet went right through that bitch but 
that's the ending, man. So I'm going to go ahead, play promo. We're going to play ass too, probably. And I'll be right back to tell you. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's as obvious this time what my score is going to be, but come back and find out anyway. You ever watch Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Join me on the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss, debate, and dissect Kung Fu and martial arts movies past, present, and future. Available now on iTunes and Google Play Music. You can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Kung Fu Drive-In, the Facebook page Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, or our blog KungFuDriveIn.com. Just remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, like I said, man, uh, it might not be as noticeable, but it might be not be that surprising either. I, again, I like this movie, though. It was entertaining to me. I have to say, after these two movies, I think I'm a Junie Smith fan now, honestly. I think I am because of, <laughs> now it's one of those things where it's like, if it's Junie Smith, I'm probably going to watch it now. So that's the thing about he has he has more movies, and they're actually on the Maverick site. Like, I think on the DVD set I got, these are the only two of his movies. But, of course, like it's all the Maverick uh entertainment what i think that's a company name maverick movies all their stuff is on youtube pretty much so i can just go pull them up because i know he done I, there was like two i think that came out before these two that i reviewed so these are probably like in the middle of the oeuvre you know what i'm saying but yeah man i fuck with juni man like I, I, these movies are dumb as fuck but entertaining as fuck like i said like when i get a black superman example it's just like i know it's dumb and i know it's like not great filmmaking but you know what as long as it's entertaining who gives a fuck again like i said last time i probably pissed people off i was more entertained by snitch in new york than lord of the rings and shit like that and guess what again i am more entertained by pressure than that shit too like i can watch this shit i probably will watch this again and i will say right now to all my people's dree and dale and everybody else like steve and I don't know if Mike Baffer watched or not, like, but Mike Brooklyn especially, like, everybody that looked at Snitch in New York, I implore you to please go and watch Pressure too. I think on YouTube the movie's not labeled Pressure's called Press The Pressure Is On, is what it's labeled on YouTube. I'll post a link and shit on Twitter, of course, because I y'all gotta watch the shit. Yeah, man, it's got to be like it's another six for me, man, because the thing about this one though is that it was actually gonna be a five at first. That ending, man, it made me laugh so hard that I had to bump it up to a six. The endings with Junie, man, just be bumping scores up because it was similar to Snitch in New York. Now, granted, I enjoyed a lot in Snitch in New York more because Snitch in New York was a lot goofier. This movie kind of, kind of, well, not even kind of, really. It, like, takes itself a lot more seriously than Snitch in New York does. But then again, I don't know if Snitch in New York took itself serious, too, but just came out extremely goofy, and it just seemed that way. But this movie, could the word be, like, competent could it be more competent to snitch in new york possibly maybe to why it felt like it just feels like i don't know how to explain it you know like when you watch it like a bet movie or something like when late at night when they would play like just random you know shit you never really heard of before like i could see this movie playing on bet late at night black star cinema or whatever fuck you know they would always play shit like do the right thing and stuff like that but then they would also play stuff like fuck i can't think of the name of the movie now 
like Gang of Roses or some shit like that. Like some super restricted video shit that nobody really heard of, but can be entertaining. That's actually a movie you need to do one day. There's actually a sequel to that too, but I digress. Like, it's not the worst, man. Like, I don't I'm knowing probably people are going to be like, you get this a six that's way too high, but I, it entertained me, man. It really did. Like I said, you got the you got the fun, bad line readings. You got the goofy shit happening. You got the dumbass ending again. Like, well, not even dumb. It's just like the it's just funny to me. It wasn't really dumb because, like I said, that's kind of what would happen. Like you just stuck up two dudes for all they dope, and then you just sitting in town like you didn't do that shit. Like, nah, the streets don't forget, player. I fuck with you, Junie. You know what? Because like I say a lot of I, I looked up his uh, IMDb. He makes a lot of documentaries now, so. I don't know. We probably won't get to those because I don't do- doing documentaries might be kind of, you know, bad to do on the podcast. But the actual movies, like I plan that uh, one of the goals now is we will get every Junie Smith movie on this podcast. <laughs> like that's that's a goal now because of these two movies. Now I have to get all of them. And even if they start being horrible, you know, I'm still going to get them all now. But I don't think so, because like I said, the ones that came out before this are probably like this, which means I probably like them as much as I like this. You know what I'm saying? Hey, words. But yeah, we're going to fuck with Junie. I might even have to get Brendan on here and talk about some Junie. See what he would think about it. Because I know what Mike Brooklyn said. But now, uh, since Black History Month is coming to an end, I'm just going to let you know that Black History never comes to an end, motherfuckers. Because we talk about this every week on the podcast. And I got new ones here. And they are the Black History flashcards from the Urban Intellectuals. And I have... Oh, oh, relevancy. Okay. Wait a minute. How is that number two? Oh, I must have them out of order the first time. Oops. All right, I'll do it like this. I'll keep that out. I'm trying to keep them numbered so I can, know not have them all out of place like last time and shit. You know what I'm saying? So this was actually supposed to be number two, so I should have read this last week. Maybe they were packaged wrong. I don't know. But Black History Flashcard from Urban Intellectuals. I got volume two, which is all about black women. And today we have Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi, creators of Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah, folks. They are organizers, freedom fighters, and justice seekers, creators of Black Lives Matter a chapter-based national organization that was formed in 2013 to improve the lives of African-Americans and rebuild the black nationalist movement. Garza co-founded the BLM with Colors and Tometi as a call of, as a call to action after an unarmed teenager, Trayvon Martin, was killed and a murderer was set free, and he's still out now doing whole shit. Colors is an advocate for criminal justice reform in L.A. Tometi serves as executive director and guides various chapters in the works they do when leading demonstrations protect protesting institutional racism and taking legal stands against injustices. And that is Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi, the creators of Black Lives Matter, BLM. Other segments on the show, the hustle approvals. Do I have anything else approved for you this week? Ah, you know what? Yeah, it's not really a thing. It's a group that I've been listening to a lot. I've talked about them a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and give them time to shine real quick. You should go listen to some Midnight Star, man. Like, I posted about him on Twitter not too long ago. It was a song called Don't Rock the Boat. I love that song. I think I probably hustled through them before because, like, me and the Spirit, we actually went and saw him in concert last summer. It was him and the SOS band, two of my favorite R&B groups of all time. If it was, if it had been SOS band, Midnight Star, uh, Loose Ends, and Cameo, oh, that would have been it. That would be, like, Brent's, like, R&B funk Avengers shit. But not Midnight Star. Like, if you listen to him, like, if you listen to R&B and shit, like, you know them. You might not know him by name. I argue even hip hop, cause you would like you listen to hip hop songs like, oh they sample that, they sample that, they get sampled a lot. 
Then they even wrote songs for other people too, like the the whispers, the we begin to rock, uh uh, steady, steady rocking all night. Like they wrote that shit. Like I didn't know that until we saw them in concerts. They started doing like a medley of like songs that they did for other people, and that was one of them. I was like, oh shit. There was a couple other ones that was the one that stuck out because me and PJ in spirit love that song. So I was like, oh shit. But yeah, like I said, got curious. The oh, the one that you guys might know is the no parking, baby. No parking on the dance floor. Like that's Midnight Star. And uh oh uh play another slow jam. This time make it sweet. Like that's Midnight Star. Um I'll be your freak a Zoid. Come on and wind me up. That's Midnight Star. Oh, uh, what's the other song you guys? Like I said, curious. I'm curious. I wanna know what's on your mind. That's uh that's them. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is fucked up today. Um, ah oh, man, what's another song that y'all would know? I'm trying to think. There might be like the the top ones that y'all would know for real. Like, I mean, pretty, there might you might know more now. I'm just saying, like the you know the bass person that don't really get into it. That might be the ones. But but nah, yeah, man, go check them out, man. I fucking love Midnight Star, man. All they shit. I've not heard a bad Midnight Star song, honestly. So that's my also approval, though, man. Also, also approve that you don't let the ending of February stop you from. You know, learning about black history and everything. Black history is fucking American history, goddammit. And it's also 365. Every motherfucking day. We live this shit. And if you want to experience it and learn. And like like I said, it never hurts to learn more about uh, other cultures than yours, my nigga. Like, throughout the podcast, I've met and befriended so many different people. And I learn shit from them all the time. Like, hell, even like like fucking brendan and nathan like they white but even like can can canada shit canadian stuff like I've, i didn't know about and i've like from doing the shit with them i've learned different things and then like listening to superiority complex you know mario learning stuff from him about his his uh, heritage and shit you know, like i said we can all learn from each other man because best believe like the black history marathon ain't stopping this month we going another month too and then i also like i don't want this to come off bad but I don't know how else to really say it, but doing this podcast, you know, we love doing like all kind of movies. We've done like if you look through our episode list, it goes all the fuck around the place, man. We like from fucking Oversex Rug Suckers from Mars to uh Belly to Star Wars to Lord of the Rings, all the way back to motherfucking Serbian film, like and kind of a holocaust. Like we do a lot of variety here. But starting this year, I want to do more black movies. Because I don't know, like, we have the homies like Colt 45, like, they just did coffee and shit as I'm recording this. It came, I just listened to it yesterday. But other than them and, like, a few other cats I listen to, like, you know, the Fly with Bass podcast, they review a lot of stuff, too. You don't really hear a lot, like, like I don't, I don't have no idea. I don't think anybody's probably talked about a Junie Smith movie. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's not, there's a whole fucking smorgasbord, I don't know what word for it, of, like, black movies out there that nobody has even thought about discussing, you know? And I kind of want to showcase that just a little bit more with me, PJ, you know, spirit and everything being, being fucking black. You know what I'm saying? It's just like these movies interest me more sometimes because, you know, you go to a movie theater, you see a lot of that shit. I mean, it's, it's a little different now. It's not as bad. It's actually, you know, it's kind of worse in my opinion, actually. Because I was going to say you see a lot more black actors in the movie. You see a lot more black actors, I'll say. You don't see a lot of black movies no more. Like the 70s and like the 90s, especially like in the 80s, there was a lot of them. There's not really a lot of them no more. Or they just go straight to video or something. Because, like, you don't have, like, where you can go see, like, New Jack City and Boys in the Hood and Juice and Trespass and South Central and Menace Society and Friday. Like, in the movie theater, you don't have those big movies like that no more. Like I said, you get a lot of black actors getting opportunities. 
and black filmmakers, but they're not always like just predominantly black movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's one reason why everybody got so hype about Black Panther when it came out. Granted, it was also a black superhero movie that we don't get a lot of. I think the closest thing we had was like Blade before that. I can, and uh, <laughs> Black Dynamite, which you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I don't know. I just. I want to shine a big, because there's a whole bunch of black movies, man, that I've been wanting to do on this podcast that three years in, we still haven't fucking done yet. Like I said, I just, I think we'll do that because every podcast talks about a lot of these other movies we do. I mean, we'll still do shit like, you know, the pirate movie and stuff like that. We'll still mix that in. And of course, if we get movies on Patreon, we will do those. But I think just more often than not, we're going to do more black movies and shit. You know what I'm saying? But we'll still do it. It'll still be variety. But I just want to add more. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm talking in circles now, but I'm trying to explain it, you know? That's what I think we're going to do here. And those are always some of my favorite episodes, too, like Bloods versus Wolves and shit. Because those are, like I said before, those are two of our most popular episodes on YouTube. Three, actually. Tales from the Hood 2, Bloods versus Wolves, and fucking Survival of the, Survival of the Illest, which that's the one that surprised me. But So that's what's going to be the, from this point on with the home video hustle. We're going to do more. Because like I said, this shit, we should have been done the Shaft movies by now. We should have been done the Mac by now. We should have been finished Rudy Ray Moore movies by now. Like I said, there's certain shit we should have, we should have way more Sydney Portier movies by now. Like we ain't done Friday movies. We ain't done, like, I still, have, I still to this day have never seen Set It Off. We ain't done Menace. We ain't done uh, Trespass as much as we talk about it in references all the time. We ain't done Boys in the Hood. We ain't done Higher Learning. We ain't done Boy. We have done no John Singleton movie. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's time to, you know, get that popping. And I'm sure PJ's going to be more than down with it because he's been wanting that too. So that's what's going to happen. So after February, like I said, just expect to see more blackness on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? I even changed the logo with the red, black, and green in the background. Like it's, I don't know. I would hope that people listening... No, our listeners wouldn't hear that and be like, oh, I don't want to listen to them no more. I think we have good listeners that will hear that and be like, oh, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? But I guess if we do have listeners that hear that and they're like, it turns them off, then I guess, peace, I guess. I don't know. Like, because <laughs> I always worry about losing listenership and shit like that. But it's like, nah, if that's the type of stuff that makes us lose listenership, then maybe we shouldn't have listeners in the first place. I don't know. Maybe. Because like I said, it won't be all that. We'll still mix and shit here and there. But... I don't know, man. What y'all think about it, man? Just let me know. I'm curious. Because we're going to do it, but I just want to know what y'all opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? Does that excite y'all, too? Like it excites me and PJ in the spirit? I don't know. We'll see. But I'm rambling now, so let's move on to the next segment where I just tell you all our information. Like I told you, to hit us up and let us know, and I'm going to tell you where you can do that at right now. Our main spot is on Twitter. That's where I hang out at the most, and that's where I have the Patreon messaging group that we all talk to each other in. And you can find us on Twitter at capital H, capital V, capital H. Capital P, lowercase oddcast, HVH podcast on Twitter with one D. Because if you put HVH podcast with two Ds, that's some weird shit right there. <laughs> oh, and uh, funny note to Stephen Izzy. The spirit was uh, showing me on Twitter. She was fucking around with her Twitter thing and she showed me who she had blocked. And she had the HVH podcast with two Ds account blocked because she thought it was like some spam shit or somebody being assholes like trying to fuck with us. I'm like, no, that's just Stephen Izzy trying to fuck with us. <clears throat> so she unblocked y'all now. But yeah, HVH podcast on Twitter, man. And you can follow PJ at capital P lowercase A U L Y A U L Y. Let me say it clearly so I can hear it. Capital P lowercase A U L Y. Capital P lowercase J Paul E P J. And the spirit is at the spirit nine five. And that is the numbers nine five. And if you on the uh and on the Twitter page, if you go to the bio, there's a thing that says link tree. It's also in the bio on Instagram too. Link tree. Click that. All of our links are right there. The merchandise on T Public. If you want shirts, that link is there. The Patreon link is there. Or you can just go to patreon.com slash home video hustle. Support the show. 
You can make us watch shit. You can like get stuff in the mail every now and again. I'm actually starting to get a big pile, so I got to start sending stuff out again. I'm going to get some more stickers made first because I have an idea what design I want to put on the stickers, and I think y'all will enjoy this design on there. And I can say that you get extra episodes every now and again. I need to do another extra episode sometime soon. I just haven't been back to the movie theater. I actually have been to the movie theater, but I forgot to record something. And um, I completely don't remember the storyline like that no more. So um, I apologize for that. But uh, YouTube page. That's right. You can get to the YouTube page where I post a video every Wednesday. If you want to know what movie we're going to talk about on Friday, I post a video on Wednesday. We normally, you know, pull it out of a bag at random. But this time, since it's just me, I just already know what the fuck I want to do. But next week is a Patreon pick. And I'm pretty sure, I think me and PJ filmed all the Patreon videos. So you'll get to see PJ again next week if we if we do that movie still. So yeah, go check out the YouTube page, man. And um. Like I said, I don't know. That's pretty much it, man. Everything's in that link tree. The Age of Radio link and everything. So I think on that note, I don't have much else to say. Like I said, other than like hit me up about what y'all think about that idea. I think I think most of our like listeners will be fine with it. But I'm just curious. I want to know. Like Joe, I want to know. So let me know. And until next time, there is just one last thing for me to tell you. It's that I'm Brent. And I hope you have a good rest of your Friday. Have a good rest of whatever the fuck day you listen to this on. Go check out Pressure on YouTube, man. Like I said, go to the Twitter. I'm, a, I'm a, somewhere I'll have it posted, the video. You can go pull it up, watch it, enjoy it. It's only an hour and 27 minutes. I think it's actually an hour and 24 without the credits. Oh, but I didn't mention that, actually. I actually watched all of the credits because the song I played at the end, I kind of fucked with. And there's even a line in the song or at the end of it where he says, yeah, go buy the soundtrack. And I'm like, I kind of wish I would, but I don't know where it's at. I can't find it. I actually like the sound like Mike liked the Stitch New York soundtrack a lot and I was like it's alright this one I actually really fucking liked in this movie so I might try to find a way to rip the soundtrack out somehow we'll see because I can't find it no fucking where uh, Junior if you're listening tell me where the hell this soundtrack is at and I might buy it man yeah it's like I said go check the movie out though man and then hopefully next week PJ will be back and hopefully we can get this Patreon movie out the way man this is a longer episode than I thought it would be for only me being here but peace